Good morning. It is good to see each of you here today. Uh, we truly believe that this is the day that the Lord has made for us. And we are a people we can rejoice and we can be glad today because of who God is and because of what he's promised to us in Jesus Christ. Let's open in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you today thanking you and praising you for your goodness and your faithfulness to us. Uh, Heavenly Father, we confess that in, in this life, we lose sight of the promises which you've given to us. I pray, Heavenly Father, that as your word is preached and proclaimed today, uh, that the truth of who we are in you would be made real. I pray that you would calm our anxious hearts so that we would see uh, the reality of all things that you've promised to us. So remind us today that you have made us alive, that we are resurrection people today. And so Lord Jesus, cause your word to enter not only our ear, but our heart, and then out of our lives. May you be glorified through this message today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I do invite you to stand as we read our sermon text. Our sermon text today is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We've been going through a sermon series entitled The Messy Church. And the church is messy because the church is filled with broken people like me. And because the church is filled with broken people like me and like you, it's going to be a messy place. And the church, the ancient city of, of, of Corinth, the church in the ancient city of Corinth was a messy place too. If you know anything about 1 Corinthians, you know that they had their struggles within that congregation. But the Apostle Paul brought the word of God to this church, brought the truth of who God is. And it's through the truth of the gospel that our broken hearts are mended and that we're made new. So that we can live a life in which we glorify him as a congregation and in which we can enjoy him as a congregation. So now Paul is going to write about that which he wants to remind the Corinthians of. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 1, St. Paul writes, Now brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you. Otherwise you believed in vain. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried. That he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And that he appeared to Cephas, that is to Peter, and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and then the apostle Paul says, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. He says in verse 9, for I am the least of the apostles. And do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. And by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was within, within me. Whether then it is I or they, 
This is what we preach. And this is what you believed. Then he says, but if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some say there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. And if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ, the firstfruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. Here ends the reading of God's word. You may be seated. For the Christian, the death of the body, the death of the physical body, is a reality. For the Christian, uh, the soul will never die. For the Christian, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And this is the great hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Death does not have the final say. But what about our physical body? Well, the Bible teaches that the death of our physical body is temporary. One day, they're they're going to uh, put my body in the grave. And the same is true of you. But our bodies in the grave, that is not permanent. That is temporary. For the Christian, the death of the body is so temporary that the Bible refers to the death of believers as a nap. You notice how the Apostle Paul referred to death? He said that those who have fallen asleep, the death of the body of the believer is nothing but a nap. Death in the New Testament is spoken of as falling asleep. We believe that one day, when Jesus returns, that the body will be raised imperishable. And this isn't like a walking dead sort of zombie resurrection. Thanks be to God. The Bible says that at our resurrection, our our new bodies will be a spiritual body, a, a perfect body. A body that lasts for eternity. A body in which we will be with Jesus, we will reign with Jesus for eternity in the new heaven and the new earth. But I want to be clear, we we don't believe in soul sleep. There are some believers that teach a false theology that believers sleep, that the soul sleeps until the second coming of Jesus. 
And then at the coming of Jesus, when the trumpet sounds, they believe that our souls will come alive and be reunited with our bodies. But the Bible doesn't teach that. Remember what Jesus said to the thief on the cross? Jesus said to the thief on the cross, Today, today you will be with me in paradise. So we believe that the soul goes to be with Jesus. And then one day, one day when Jesus comes again, our new resurrection bodies will come out of the grave. And we will live in victory with Jesus forever in the new heaven and the new earth. So there is a great day coming. It's a triumphant day of resurrection. That is our future hope. That is our sure and certain hope. Death does not win the victory. The grave is not final. Jesus has had the final say over death and the grave by his death and his resurrection. But this resurrection business not only has to do with our future hope, this resurrection reality has to do with your life today. This resurrection reality uh, ought to be affecting our lives every day. Because you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has gone and the new has come. Jesus says he's coming to make everything new. And we are a people who forget about our resurrection reality. The reality that we're living as resurrection people today. And we live as though we only have hope in this life. We're so focused today on those things that are happening in our world. But this resurrection reality is something that supersedes every negative thing that we experience today. So I get stressed out and I worry about life. I start to think that that this present life of irritation and disappointment and frustration and pain is all there is. So I, I, I worry, I stress about things. And how many of you would agree? Yeah, I also get stressed out about so many things in life. When we live in our resurrection reality, we don't need to worry about this life. Because this life isn't all there is. If this life is all there is, then we certainly should, should be really stressed out. Uh, we should do whatever we can today because life is short. And, and if this re resurrection reality isn't true, then we better eat and drink and be merry today because tomorrow we die. And that's it. When we live in our resurrection reality, we can say, God has a bigger plan. And the worry, and the stress, and the difficulty of life doesn't have the final say. So you can rest in the reality of your resurrection. What does it mean to live as a resurrection believer? To live as a resurrection believer is to live a life that brings glory to God and enjoyment of Him. 
So when you're living in the resurrection reality of who Jesus is and what he has done and who he has made you, we can bring glory to God and we can enjoy him in this life. So what are you stressed out about? What are you worried about today? What is causing you anxiety? What is causing you stress today? I ask, what good is that stress doing? What good is that stress bringing about in your life? Is that stress adding something good to your life? I guarantee you that that stress and that worry is adding nothing good to your life today. Or are you living in your resurrection reality? Are you living with contentment and with joy in who Jesus is, in what Jesus has done, and who Jesus has made you to be today? Do you live with this anxious drive that you need to control everything? Are you stressed out about keeping every duck in a row? Let me let you in on a little secret about ducks. Ducks don't like to be kept in a row. Ducks like to, to play and enjoy and have a good time. Because of our resurrection reality, today, you can bring glory to God and you can enjoy Him forever. In the 1600s, English theologians wrote this in the Westminster Catechism. And it says this, that man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Let that sink in. Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. That's God's plan. That's God's purpose for your life. Does, does this quote from the Westminster Catechism, does this describe your life? Does bringing glory to God and enjoying Him describe your life? Is that your state of being today? Or are you living in anxious toil trying to control what you'll never be able to control in this life? Trying to squeeze everything in, in today because you don't have that great perspective of who Jesus is, what he has done, what he has promised, and who he has made you. To live in our resurrection reality, we need to be reminded of the gospel. Because only the gospel can make the dead live again. Did you know that the gospel is a word of power? When Jesus speaks... Things happen. Just think of Lazarus in the grave. When Jesus spoke into the grave of Lazarus and Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, what happened? Jesus' word affected change. It brought resurrection to Lazarus. And so the gospel has the same effect in our lives. It is through the gospel that we are made alive to God in Christ Jesus. And when you live in the gospel, you're living in your resurrection reality. You're living as a resurrection person when you're hearing and receiving the message of the gospel. So I, I urge you and I plead with you, receive this message into your heart. 
so you can rest and enjoy who you are in Christ. So what is the gospel? Well, the Apostle Paul reminds us of the gospel in our reading today. The gospel is this. Number one, Christ died for our sins. Christ was raised from the dead. And you share in Christ's death and resurrection. This is so basic to our faith. But this is the reality that we need to be reminded of because we forget about it. Our minds become so distracted and our hearts become so distracted by all the things going on in life, we forget who Jesus is, what he has done, and who we are in him. So number one, Christ died for our sins. You don't need to work to achieve anything in the eyes of God. When Jesus was on the cross, he declared these words, It is finished. It is finished. We don't have to be anxious about trying to impress God or earning anything from God. Every bit of anxious toil is completed by Jesus' suffering and death. So church, can you just take a, a deep breath? And rest in that reality. Enjoy that reality. Jesus paid the price for you. You don't have to prove anything to God and you don't have to prove anything to anybody else. Enjoy who you are in Jesus and what He has accomplished. What did Jesus do upon the cross? Well, he satisfied God's righteous and holy requirements. Did you know that, yeah, God demands righteousness because he's a just God? But only Jesus could live a truly righteous life. So in great love, God sent Jesus to live the life that we could never live. And to pay the price that we could never pay for the forgiveness of our sins. Church, rest in that reality. Christ, number two, Christ was raised from death. Not only did Jesus die, he was raised from death. And his victory over death is proof that your sin and death problem have been solved. So you can relax. Don't need to worry about death. The sin problem is solved. The death problem is solved. And today you are alive in Jesus. You are a resurrection person who is invited to enjoy these truths in your life today. Church, your faith is not futile. You are not dead in your sins. You are alive to God in Christ Jesus. And then number three, you share in Christ's death and resurrection. That's what St. Paul teaches. That those of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death. And we were raised with him to newness of life. So these are the, the basic truths of the gospel. Something that we can receive not only into our ears and into our head, but into our heart. And in that we can be a people who enjoy God.
But how? How can I enjoy this reality today? Well, I have three things for you. Practically. Practical things that you can do. Number one, be still. Be still before God. Number two, confess. And then number three, trust. Let me unpack these for you. Number one, be still. The psalmist says in Psalm 46, 10, the psalmist says, be still and know that I am God. Do you do that on a regular basis? Do you you quiet yourself before the Lord? Be still before Him, knowing who He is, knowing what He has promised. There are some who are getting to know God. There are many of us who are learning who God is. To one extent or the other, all of us are are learning who God is and what God has promised. And the best way we can get to, to know who God is and the anxiety of life is to open the Word, especially the Psalms, and to read the Psalms. And from the Psalms we can learn about the character and the nature of God. And the reason I love the Psalms is that they're written by real people experiencing the difficult and hard realities of life. And the Psalms, they don't sugarcoat anything. They're very honest and they're very real about the difficulty, the frustration, the anxiety, and the pain of life. And so here you have real people living in a relationship with God. Confessing the truths of who he is and of what he has promised. So my encouragement to you is to be still with God's word open. Open his word. Quiet yourself before him. Read the truths and the promises of who God is. Know that he loves you. Know that he will never leave you nor forsake you. Know that he is your rock in the midst of the storm. The Psalms teach us that God meets us in the reality of life. God meets us in the really hard stuff of life. So to be still is to stop, to open your Bible. I think it's a good practice to actually have a a physical copy of the Scriptures. To have an actual paper Bible in hand. To open it up. To meditate upon it to still yourself, to turn off the distractions, to focus on what God has to say to you in His Word, to be still and to pray. And when you read the Word of God, God speaks to you. Did you know that? He speaks to you. And He gives you what you need. He'll reveal things to you in your life. Be still and to pray, God, speak to me today. Reveal to me today those things that I need to have revealed in my life. Reveal to me truths about you. So in God's word, in God's word, through the reading of his word, God speaks to you. He'll reveal promises that you can believe and trust to get you through today. Number two is to confess. 
To confess. To confess is simply to be real with God. To be honest with God. So still yourself before Him. Still yourself before His Word. And then confess to Him. Confess to Him who you are. Confess to Him what you need. Confess to Him what you're struggling with in life. This is so simple. This is what it means to to get to know God, to build a relationship with Him. So confess your sin. Confess that which keeps you from bringing glory to God and enjoying Him. Did you know that confession is a key part of enjoying God? Did you know that when a person fails to confess, the Bible says that they begin to waste away? The key to refreshment and enjoyment in your relationship with God is to get real with Him in confession. The psalmist said that when he kept silent before God, his bones wasted away. Sometimes do you feel that you are are distant from God? That your spiritual life has grown cold and stale? That the reality of God is no longer in your life? The key, church, is to confess it to God. Not to be a person who who thinks because I'm far from Him that that He's angry with me and He doesn't want me anymore. But rather to know that He loves you and He desperately wants you to turn in faith, trusting him in, in Him again. And the key to that is confession. Being real with God in prayer. Opening your heart to Him. So the psalmist said that he kept silent before God and his bones wasted away. He was in a dark place spiritually. But then he said, then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Can't enjoy God until you know the sin problem has been resolved. He is a God who loves you and he promises to forgive you when we confess. And then number three, trust. Trust in who God is. Trust His promises. Trust the gospel promises. And in 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4, Now, brothers and sisters, I, do, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise you believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. This is what's most important. That Christ died for your sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried. That he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Church, not only are these an historical reality today, but they are also made real in your life. Today Today you are a resurrection people. You have been made alive to God in Christ Jesus. 
Today you can live to bring glory to God. Today you can live to enjoy Him today and for eternity. By Jesus' death and resurrection, sin and death have been destroyed. You're alive today. You are alive today in the truest sense of what it means to be alive. What does it mean to be alive? Well, it means that the lights have come on. It means that the sun has risen. When Katie and I visited Cancun, we arrived at our hotel when it was dark. And uh, when we got there, we were excited to be at the hotel, so we looked at, at everything there. And you know, the hotel was, was beautiful. The room was beautiful. The pool was beautiful. Everything was just really nice. But the real blessing of being in that place was waking up the next morning when the sun had risen, looking out the window, seeing the beauty of where we were at, the palm trees, of the turquoise water, of the white sand beaches, When you are dead in trespasses and sins, yes, you are walking through this world. Uh, You you are, uh, you know, enjoying a lot of the the gifts of God's uh, providence. You know, the the sun rises and sets on the just and the unjust. It rains on on both those who are are righteous and those who are unrighteous. So without Jesus, it's like walking through this world, but we can't see everything. The lights haven't come on. And when a person comes to receive Christ as their Savior, when a person is is made alive in the gospel, that's when the lights come on. That's when we can truly live and see every reality that God has given us today. That's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for our community is that we would share the message of Jesus' death and resurrection so that the lights would come on and so that people could see the true gift of what it means to be alive today and for eternity. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is truth. And I pray that you would cause us once again To see who you are and what you have done. So that we might walk in the light. So that we might walk in the reality of our resurrection. Lord Jesus, I pray that we would be a people who are still before you. I pray that we would be a people who are real and honest with you about who we are in confession. Then I pray that we would be a people who trust in what you have said, and that we would live in what you have said. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, and all of God's children say, Amen. Amen.